Hi, welcome to Tactical to Practical, the real world business show. I'm Joe Carlisle. And I'm Ken Rose. Come join us as we peel back the onion of small business success and explore strategies, tactics, and solutions for real life business people with real life business challenges. And welcome, 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 everybody. I'm Joe Carlisle. And I'm Ken Rose. And this is Tactical to Practical. Today on the, sh the Real World Business Show. Now, this is a business show for real world business people with real world business problems. You know, this is not the show for the guys that have, um, that have uh, 500 employees or $10,000 uh, $10, advertising budget every week. Right, and, right. You know, this is for the people who get out there and have to slog it out, quote unquote, in the trenches every day. And today, uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, where you go from idea. How do you implement that? Last week, we ended the show with the question, you have a business idea, what now? Okay, and we said, you got to take action and you've got to do your homework. Correct. So so I have an idea. I have an idea for a business. This was an idea for a business here. That's correct. That's correct. What you see here. What you see here. This is this is a business. Doesn't make money yet. Uh, but, but it will. It will. <laughs> but it will. <laughs> and that's the point. Okay. So so if you have an idea for a business, where do you go? And we've all been in that spot where we've been sitting on the couch. You know, the chips on our chest from, you know, I mean, we're not really business presentable or we've been out in the community. Right? Correct. And um, and somebody uh, said something or did something. We didn't get some service somewhere or we noticed in a particular day or a week a need that repeated over and over and the idea is born. Right. Well, where do we go from there again? Well, I, th I, I think it's I can either I can do that better. Or why hasn't anybody come up with that yet? Right. And I think that's where we're at with, with I have an idea. So I, th I think once you have an idea, you, you have to really evaluate, is this a, a product? Is it a service? And you really have to investigate the idea itself to see, is somebody else doing it? Um, and today with technology, you can go online, you can really search anything you want and see if your idea is something that you can make money with. Now, I, I, I've got to say, Ken, there, there have been times in my life when I thought that and that I never did the homework and I never took action and I sat on my butt and two years later, <laughs> somebody else is making money. Like you hear somebody sold that app, you know, for $30 million. Right. And, and they've only had it for like a year and a half and you think to yourself, gosh darn it, I should have done that. Well, you're right, you should have. But we've also done things, uh, you know, where I thought, oh, that'd be a good business. I'll make a lot of money. And, and that's as far as it gets. Yes. yes. As far as it, it gets. Just, you know, you might even spend the money and open the door, but nobody walks in. You right. know, nobody does. And it comes down to, did I do my research? Correct. Better. Is it, I love that concept of, is it a viable idea? Well, okay. <laughs> well, absolutely. I, I mean, you you have to if, if it's a product, you have to find a need for it. If it's a service, you have to find a need for it. And is it a broad enough idea that you can bring it to market? 
you know, and, and, I, and I think that's, that's, that's what's up, you know, with, with the idea. And one thing that I always recommend and one thing I always see Joe do, always write stuff down. Yeah. Make notes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember listening to a, a musician speak, um, Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon, oh, yeah. yep. uh, the song Keep On Loving You. <laughs> and, and he talks about how in the middle of the night he woke up and the lyrics just came to him and he wrote, wrote it down right away. And so many people do that, Joe. You know, they have a pen and a pad next to their bed because they can't sleep and something comes to them. And get up, write it down. Because by the time you wake up in the morning, you may have forgotten it. You may have uh, one, one of the items you may have left off and you always have a pen and a pen. You know, and that's that's actually part of developing the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, is, I mean, we say do research, but, you know, so many people don't, don't think beyond, okay, I have this widget. Mm-hmm. You know, and it should have a market, but they never go, well, how can I improve this widget? Correct. You know, which this this widget is a good idea. I mean, it's solving this need for me. What other needs might this widget solve? Right. Don, I think Don, I think of Don Soap all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Don. And that's is, Boston for Dawn. For, yes. <laughs> Don. Don. <laughs> you know, when, when I was a kid, the big thing for dish soap was... If, if it was a gentle, the Paul Mollive did this. Yes. The fingers in the, the oh, I remember that. With yes. the lady with the fingers Correct. in this. But Dawn, for its entire history, has been pushing into other markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that they, because their soap, soap was so um, easy and non, non um, acidic, they could, when the uh, Exxon Valdez, I remember the Exxon Valdez, I'm dating myself, the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Mm-hmm. In Alaska, these you know the wildlife was was covered with oil. Yes, I, re- they, I remember that. And they actually used Dawn soap to clean the oil off of the ducks and the, the seals and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But it has other applications too as as you move on. And I kind of wonder the people who thought of that. For instance, uh, I, I told the story about when I was a window washer, right, right as a kid. Well, the reason that worked so well. And I didn't find this out till later. I bought the Dawn then because it was cheaper soap than Windex. <laughs> I could mix it up and spray it on my Low budgeting with Joe. Low budget with Joe. <laughs> Free is for me. <laughs> um, but later on, when I was a, a maintenance man for a church, um, we had this whole wall of windows in our entry. I mean, like 30 feet high, 50 <laughs> feet wide, just this wall of windows panes themselves were four by six okay so it was like there's a lot of windows especially that high up and a professional window washer told me and i was washing them like every week i mean it was like a i mean there's been no rain been no storm how Mm -hmm. am i washing did washing windows that high and a professional and i was using the windex right that the window cleaning substances and i had a guy tell me that window uh cleaners are designed to attract dirt when you spray them on, they attract it. They don't actually clean the window. They just remove the dirt. And there's a difference, right? So he told me that his, and, and this guy had a big window washing company. He said his key was a certain amount of Dawn to keep it from being, you mm-hmm. know, you don't use so much that it's sudsy and a little bit of bleach actually clean the window. Well, the reason the Windex didn't work in that application was it was designed to attract dirt. <laughs> so when you use the Windex, you use you leave a film, correct, 
of Windex on the window and it's attracting dirt. Hmm. I don't know if it's designed in their business model. So Windex, I'm not dissing you. Right, right. I like your product. I use it on all the mirrors in my house. (laughs) But but in that application, it made sense if I wanted to climb that ladder less often. So but that's that's the thing. Somebody somewhere said Okay, we have this product. What else can we use it for? Mm-hmm. And are you doing that kind of research? You know, I think I think, uh, and again, some products are, are not meant to be multifaceted. You know, and, uh, but I guess from the, from the standpoint of, of getting a product out there, um, you have to do research. You you have to find find a need for it. You know, and the best way to find a need is to talk to people. Right. You know, right. so many people have an idea and they keep it bottled up inside because they feel that oh god if, if i tell somebody about my idea they're going to go and run with it yeah somebody's going to steal it somebody's <laughs> going to steal my idea and and while that has happened um your passion is greater than anybody's that you tell about your idea you know and and i think that's the motivation to go from an idea to a business you know it, it's funny when you and i started collaborating we have people in our lives telling us not to share our mojo with each other right right and and the idea was well you know they're going to get your information and go off on their own and and then, and, and <laughs> the shame of it is those people didn't understand that that if you were to steal something from me or i'm to steal something from you it might sound great oh yeah i'll do that but neither of us are going to do it the way the other one Right, right, and 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 eventually we will because we have a good collaboration mm-hmm. working. So we're like constantly teaching each other. But it's that some stranger can't come in and take. My, I've seen them do it since I started Jono South Lake, what three years ago. So mm-hmm. many of them come on and they try to do the thing that I'm doing, and they last exactly twelve, thirteen weeks, and then they're done. Well, well, you know, Joe, I think that the the idea for the first show that we did. 20 episodes that we did. Um, one of the things that Joe and I did in collaborating uh, was not only building on the idea that we had, but more importantly, we made a commitment to make sure that we followed through every week with the show yep. at the same time, and we did it for a full season. We did 20 episodes. And the, that's the great thing about collaborating is you're holding somebody else accountable for putting the work in. And that's where Tactical and Practical came up because while we had a great show, um, it wasn't a show that we could categorize. And so right, right. so Joe and I stepped back. We, we came up with this idea for a business show to talk about business. And that's how Tactical and Practical got started was an idea. We collaborated, which is super important. And here we are, episode two, talking about taking that idea and turning it into something. I think it's important to let other people know is that for that whole 20 weeks, we were both concerned. We, neither of us stepped into that what about me Correct. mindset. We were always concerned about, you know, I, I know it from you and I know I, I was trying to give this to you. We were always concerned about your business. Yes. Right? I mean, it's, and that made it so much easier to collaborate because, and to grow and to develop a business model because, we weren't so self-focused. And, and look, if you're going to go into business, if you have a business idea, you can't be focused on just the money. Correct. Okay. I mean, you're, you're you, realistically, whether you have a product or whether you have a service, you need people to be willing to spend money 
to get that, the benefits of that. And yes. actually, we're going to take a break here really, really quick because I need some coffee. I can <laughs> hear it in my throat. When we come back, we're going to talk about the concept of, of serving others. So don't go away. I mean, literally, we'll be back in a flash. We'll right back real quick. See you soon. See you in a minute. Hey, 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 welcome back. All right. Look, before the break, we were talking about uh, how Ken and I, in our last uh, iteration of a show, were actually concerned with each other. You know, we've always talked about how are we going to monetize this. And this is something else about your what now idea. Are you going to be able to have some longevity? I mean, you, you might not make money. Correct. For a little while. And that's why you need to answer some of these questions. Uh, Ken and I actually knew in that last show as much as we would like to we reached out for sponsors but we didn't really push it because well, it really wasn't a it was just a show about joe and i just you know shooting the breeze what's going on in town what we're up to so it was kind of hard to really reel uh, other people in to talk business which which is where this show exactly you know is, is going and of course the best the best guests we had ended up talking about business anyway so yes yeah became a natural. But but my point is, even though you and I have talked about doing something that can become a business, tactical mm -hmm. practical is and will be a business, uh, that we also have a plan for monetization that doesn't start right now. Correct. And, and the thing I wanted to say is, Ken and I have figured out we have to serve the community mm -hmm. a certain amount. And I'm not talking about volunteer hours. I mean, our business has to serve the community. And certainly you have to serve a customer base, but you may find that you have to find what that service really maximizes at before you ever get to monetize. Right. You know, um, conversation I had with with a, somebody who we're going to talk about her business next week is a featured business, mm -hmm. Jennifer Hawkins, who actually was an amazing speaker at the South Lake Business Leaders. Um, you know, did, did, you were there last week, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she took this uh, designated, what was the word? Designated, not cheerleader, designated motivator. I think des designated motivator was it? Designated motivator. I think that's what Designated it was. motivator. But it, it was, um, yeah, designated mm -hmm. motivator. I'll have to look at my notes. Let's see, again, the notes. Notes. Always have notes. <laughs> um, but but the way that, that she was taken by the fact that we would ask for her story mm -hmm. You know, because we want to serve the community. We want not just the business person we're featuring to be to be served, mm -hmm. but the, the the audience that we have and the community to understand that they're out there doing these cool things, you know, and, and where to bring your story from. You know, if, if you don't have a if your motivation is completely what's in it for me, you you, you may make money, but you won't make money long. Well, I think when you use money as an own, the only motivator, once you've made the money, then what's next? Yeah. So you really have to have a passion. Right. right. You have to have a passion. You have to have a plan. And that starts with your idea and bringing it to fruition. You know, that's a very good point. And I joke about this. I have people who tell me all the time, oh, I love the real estate business. And I think... <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> what, what what part above the real estate business do you like? Do you, do you like the the buyers that can't buy, you know, or the sellers uh, that want four million dollars for a house that isn't worth a hundred thousand? You know, is is that the part? How about the how's about the whole transactional part? The other realtors who are not professional. You know, yes, this can be a very good business, and there are transactions that can be 
a lot of fun because they're easy. You're dealing with professionals. Mm -hmm. But almost every deal, there's some sort of a stress-producing hiccup. I don't love the real estate business. What I love is the look on somebody's face when they get that key. Correct. Or when a seller gets that check. Mm -hmm. And in their head, they're going, oh, Vegas or my plans? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, Joe, I, I, I think this is a good segue, you know, talking about ideas, talking about businesses. Um, and and like, like we talked before the show, is is your idea, is it a, is it a Bass Pro Shops business? Is it a uh, corner drugstore business? Is it a hobby? And I think with realtors, primarily, I, I think those are the three things that, that, that you run into with realtors. And maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about that on, as to how some realtors work as a hobby versus a full-time, well, part-time. The biggest struggle, with, I think, with most, and I, w I have to say, you know, the, if, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you, you've got to know the real estate market is in a shift, okay? And the shift is there's not a million buyers anymore. They're starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit, but the sellers are still expecting these Wild West mm -hmm. prices. And so there's a big shift. Sellers are, are seeing houses stay on the market longer. You know, my my prognostication by the end of next, by the end of first quarter 2023, beginning of second quarter 2023, we're gonna be in what's called a normalized market, which means buyers and sellers will actually negotiate mm -hmm. for a win-win. Nobody's gonna hold the power over the other one. Right that you're gonna to have to be reasonable and negotiate in good faith to get, um, to get, as a matter of fact, we're gonna talk about a realtor. At an open house this weekend, walked into a brand new construction, independent builder, walked into a brand new construction with her customer, uh, quite obnoxious. I could tell she was from um, the Orlando area, uh, looking down her nose at the realtor that was doing the open house and, uh, she actually said, look, if you're gonna go look at properties someplace mm -hmm. like out in the woods, okay, lady, don't wear the four inch spike heels. <laughs> okay, that's great if you're showing city properties. Right. You know, but if you're gonna be out someplace with half acre yards, you know, nobody's feeling sorry for you and your Gucci shoes, okay, or, or Prada shoes or whatever those shoes are these days, right? <laughs> well, let's, let's go ahead and, and jump back to our idea. And so you have an idea and you wanna be a realtor. Well, well so, let, me, let me finish real quickly. As she said to the realtor, she said, oh, sorry about that. You know, at Tactical to Practical, the phones are always ringing because people always want information. That's they always right. want to either get information advice <laughs> or give us information yes, advice. Yes, that's true. That's not a political call because it's election right. day. And by the way, you should go vote. I don't care what side you're on. Get your butt out there. Be on vote. a side. That's right. If you be on pick a side, <laughs> and if you don't vote, shut your mouth the next time a political or policy conversation comes up. Don't go. give an opinion if you didn't vote. <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. So this lady looked down her nose and she said, "Oh, you know, I could tell she'd had like twelve minutes experience in the real estate business. Well, is your builder going to buy down points for my my buyer's mortgage? You know." To which the answer was, "No." <laughs> You, if your people don't want to go to the big builders like Morando or Lennar or somebody like that, well, then you ain't going to get those bands, Correct. you know. Of course, you're going to get houses on top of each other, yeah. that sort of thing. But that's, 
that's the point is realtors get it. Now, I said that to say realtors get into the business with this idea that they're going to be making 400 grand a year, you know, and they're going to work 20 hours, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to get the respect of a full time professional business person. And the reality is three to five percent of all realtors are actually full time business people. Right. OK. Another 20, 25 percent are business people, but not full time. You're a perfect example of right. that. 20, 25 percent. You have another business, but mm -hmm. you're business is run like a business Correct. you know Correct. you're not doing five eight million a year in volume right. okay right. not that you couldn't but you have that have another business you right. have another business you have enough enough of that that you can help people in your sure. sphere um, and then you have everybody else mm -hmm. who wants to think they're either the three to five percent well the <laughs> 20 to 25 percent and they're not right Okay, and and in the in this realm, you run into people who are, um, you know, they just they just fly by the seat of their pants. They never get a business structure, mm -hmm. not even an LLC. And we'll talk yeah. about that on, on yeah, our next on another, episode. Yeah, on our next episode. But but you have to have a business structure. You have to like spend. It's it's crazy. People go on the and I've been on the roller the the commission roller coaster. Mm -hmm. But I also know why I'm on the commission right is because I'm not doing what I should do correct right but as a business person I can examine that honestly mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people they just I just don't get the breaks well you know how much did you how much time did you spend on the phone yesterday mm -hmm. oh none how much time did you spend on the phone last week oh your sister was in from out of town well, what about the week before mm -hmm. you know it's it's we're coming to a place where the only way to make this business work is to actually go to work Correct. And, and, and I think with an idea, you really have to want to work because um, whether you have a million dollars, but a million dollar budget for the idea or you have no budget. And just because you have no budget for your idea does not mean that you can't launch it. And, and, and we'll talk about some of those things on our show as, as time moves on. Budget will come later. There's a great book called Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. It's actually... Uh, his first book was Crush It, uh, was primarily about email marketing. Because mm -hmm. this guy, I mean, if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, look him up. Uh, he drops the F-bomb quite a bit. So oh. A lot of stuff on YouTube. And, and I mean, um, he's into NFTs and all this other stuff. But he took his family wine business, right? The mm -hmm. Long Island wine business from uh, while his friends were going to college, he went to work in the family wine business. His dad is, a, he's a, a first generation American. Mm -hmm. His dad from, I think they're from uh, uh, some Eastern Bloc country like Yugoslavia or, or, or the Czech Republic or something like that. Um, maybe even the Ukraine. And, and he took that business. He saw what email marketing would do. He was an early adopter. And he took that business, created a website and did a, did a, little, uh, a little video that he would put on the mm -hmm. emails, but he brought that from like a two million dollar business to a twenty million dollar business inside of like three years. Correct. But the way he did it was working, right? Yeah. He, he like he didn't take any vacations mm -hmm. till he was thirty. Uh, he he's still he's in his fifties and he's known for working 14, 15 hour days. And when you work like that, you start to find ways to make time that other people don't call work work time. Right. So like he might take a limo 
for that hour ride from where he is mm -hmm. to the airport. But he's working during that mm -hmm. time. He's not sitting there jamming out Facebook. You know, if he's on Facebook, he's making videos or he's doing something for business. And I think too many people completely miss that concept that that you can work. And so the cool thing is his book talks about this. Crushing it is more about social media, but the theme through it is that work. Mm -hmm. Everybody who becomes an influencer is working. It's after hours or maybe on the weekends. You know, they don't, you know, they don't put it down for a month and a half and then pick it up and they're suddenly successful. There's some consistency to it. But we're going to go for another break. And when we get back, we're going to actually continue this conversation of consistency and dedication. Okay, good, good. Welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Tactical to Practical, the Real World Business Show. I'm Ken Rose here with Mr. Joe Carlisle. And uh, in our last segment, we really touched on quite a few different things. We talked about marketing. We talked about social media. We talked about a variety of different things. And in future episodes, we're going to get into greater detail into those things. So really, every episode that we're doing here is going to be building uh, how to build your business from the ground up. And we're going to cover all of these in greater detail. Right now, we're just kind of giving you the laying the groundwork for what's coming ahead because we got some great stuff coming up. And it is certainly, if there's something that uh, obviously you can send us questions um, at info at tactical to practical dot net. Correct. Say it right. That is correct. Tactical to number two. Number two practical. Um, you can also send us your business story for our featured business. Mm -hmm. Thing. Business story should be a one pager about the need you saw or what irritated you or what blessed you. Mm -hmm. What said, oh, I really want to go into this business and how what you think is the reason that you are where you are. And we'll read your story and then we'll talk a little bit about what we think your success <laughs> is, is managed. You can also send us your questions, what you'd like to see or if you have a business question, how do I do X? This is my situation. How do I do Y? Um, you know, we'd, we'd love to answer that. And if you want to be anonymous with those questions, just put it in the email so right, we don't right. out you by reading your email address. <laughs> and, I, and I think, again, getting back to our, you know, I have an idea. Uh, if you have an idea, you have some questions, shoot us an email. We'll keep it strictly confidential. Uh, if you want an opinion, advice, suggestions, that's what Joe and I are here for. We bring a lot to the table. We've got a lot of experience, everything from A to Z as far as industry uh, knowledge and can really assist you in taking that idea to fruition. Now, actually, just on a side light, because I want to get back to this, this concept of dedication. Yes, and, okay, and, dedication. But but I want to say that, that, you know, we encourage you to ask us for advice, and we're not going to take it personal if you don't take it. Okay, Ken and I have hashed out several pieces of advice for each other, and there were things I had to say to Ken, um, you know, Ken, I just, I don't want to do that because I feel like I'm going backwards. I like this part of the idea. Mm -hmm. Of course, he was able to ask me the hard question and he says, well, Joe, are you trying to cherry pick? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it, it's that, it's that kind of thing. And yes, I was, but we still were able to work out something that I was comfortable with and was an application of the idea he was trying to give me. So, so I just want to encourage you to, don't think we're going to judge you or not want to be around you. If we give you some advice and you say, no, I'm going to do what I want. But don't be surprised if a year later we say, okay, well, <laughs> you know, Told you so. maybe you should try that again. You know, anyways, let's get back to this subject because, because you are probably, 
Uh, I came in the other day to, to yesterday to drop something off, and Ken said to me, "Wow, you're here early, young man." <laughs> and uh, it was actually, I think it was like eight thirty, quarter nine. <laughs> and uh, the thing that's really impressive to me about Ken is he he is he doesn't just work here in the shop. I mean, he's here. The doors open what seven o'clock. I'm usually here bright and early. Uh, you know, um, Lisa has said to me, you know, if it's slow, you're in early, and and. This, this is what you mentioned earlier, dedication. Yeah. So I get up at 6.45 or 7 o'clock every day. I try to get in here as early as possible because if I'm jammed, I've got a lot of work to do. And if I'm quiet, I've got to come up with ideas and goals to get busy and get jammed up again. So it's just that you have to be dedicated. You know? So And I think too many people, they, they come to this, they get excited about an idea and they work their tail off for mm-hmm. 30 days or 60 days or four months and they're running into a way. And different ideas won't come to fruition. You know, different businesses won't be really rolling for different amounts of time. I tell new realtors all the time, don't expect, I mean, it's nice to get a couple of deals, you know, in your first year, but don't expect to be living on your real estate income, mm-hmm. you know, until year two. You know, you know what, Joe? Um, I'm, I'm going to bring this idea up to you because you and I were heavily involved in this idea. Uh, and and this is why collaboration is so important. This is why um, two heads, actually, uh, actually there's three heads are better than one. So Hang on, um, you keep talking. I'm going to prep. I, oh, I gotta, okay. Joe's you know, prepping. Somebody's giving me a good idea. i got to write it okay. down. So um, last year, um, Joe and I are members of the South Lake Business Leaders, and we were having our annual business leader after hours and we came up with this crazy idea it was themed and i i forget what the theme was i think it was the early 20s or or, or something like that well, it was history it was, oh, it was history history or historical yeah. figures yeah so joe and i's concept and, and lisa was involved um started with why don't we just serve some hot dogs so from just serving hot dogs we came up with a complete theme we came up, um, Joe came up with the attire. Um, Lisa came up with uh, booth ideas. We came up with how we were gonna produce, how we were gonna put this stuff out there and took so much collaboration, the three of us, and we really rocked that event. We had the most professional booth. We had everything on all cylinders. Joe got sick, but three days before the event, Joe gets COVID. Joe gets COVID, but but Joe was there in spirit, and and Joe helped plan this from day one. And we really, and this is where when you have an idea, you have to collaborate. You have to put it out there to people to get the best scenario, the best result for that idea. You know, it's really funny. Somebody when I was when I was getting clean and sober. Somebody told me that you can't be the Lone Ranger or you'll be the Alone Ranger. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's funny that, that the guy said it and it kind of hurt because, you know, nobody wants to need help. You know, there's this concept in this country about the self-made man, you mm-hmm. know. Well, there is no such thing. It's a lie. It, it is a lie. Right. It is, even guys that are self-made men will tell you, you know, that it was other people you know, the collaboration with other people that allowed mm-hmm. them to get to, work, to where they were. Whether it was a good staff, maybe they were always the man on the top, but, you know, they had customers, they had supporters, mm-hmm. they had people that preferred them, they had a staff that supported them. And, you know, so nobody makes it on their own. And Correct. people who try, they end up burnt out, burnt out, messed up, 
What's mm-hmm. it? Uh, fine. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and <laughs> emotional, right? Um, and and that's and and they're never ultimately a success, right? And that's uh, I think, and we can talk about the deni- the dynamic between men and women and that perception of doing it all and being on your own. Um, but but I think that that people miss that because it's easy to start feeling sorry for yourself and think, well, I'm the only one doing, it. I'm the only one working. When you start looking outside yourself, not to manipulate people, but to realize you're working for a better purpose, we're back to that passion. What is your, you know, I think Tony Robbins calls it the magnificent obsession, mm-hmm. right? Um, I follow a guy uh, named Ricky Carruth. He's a real estate guy, trainer, zero to diamond, uh, has free, again, free is for me. I love this guy. He, he, he kind of led the way in free coaching mm-hmm. and out of that free coaching he became one of the most asked for real estate speakers which he was paid for made a bunch of money he was already selling a lot of real estate he was just kind of giving away his mojo mm-hmm. to realtors to help them and his whole goal is to change the failure rate of the real estate industry and that's that's kind of you know he had to work hard at that he wasn't just doing his real estate sure you know, and, and his story is when he was, when he had nothing, you know, he, he was in during the original boom in 04, 05, 06. And when it crashed, he lost everything. He's out of the business a couple of years. He comes back in 2008, he's got to start from scratch. And what did he do? He spent six, seven hours every night. This is before technology and red eggs and things like that. Uh, he spent six, seven hours every night looking up phone numbers, uh, like online and stuff. And then... He spent eight hours the next day hand dialing the hundred phone numbers. He, and he did it literally every day for like two years. It took him eight months to get his first sale. But that's dedication. Dedication. And consistency. You know, so so many times that thing that's te- that thing you hate to do in your business, that tedious thing, that's probably the thing you should be doing. <laughs> well, you know, somebody said that to me once, Joe. They they, they said you know, look at your entire day, and whatever the the worst thing is that you have to do during the day, do that first. Get that yeah. out of the way, because otherwise it hangs over you like yeah. a black cloud. Yeah. You know, so if cold calling is the thing you hate the most, do that first. Get it out of the right. way, and then it makes mm-hmm. the rest of your day easy. And you know that if you listen to his story, and, and I'm just using him as an example. I've heard this from literally hundreds of successful business people. You know, the thing he took because he coaches people right to make these calls. And he says, what you're missing is, it won't take you two years to be comfortable at it. He said, once you get comfortable, it's no big deal. You'll have a down hour and you'll go onto your dialer. Yeah, you're rolling. You know, and you're rolling, you go like like that quick because you know what you're doing, you know how to get off the phone, mm-hmm. you know who not to waste time with. And it's the same, it's one of the reasons why you need consistency and dedication. So you can learn. I mean, how quick does it take you, um, how, how long does it take you to really put out 10,000 tickets. You do it in just a couple hours. Right. But 20 years ago, how long? <laughs> a, couple of days. a couple of days. A couple of days. <laughs> well, that's technology also. <laughs> Using technology to my advantage. But you also know how to use that right. technology. Sure. You've used the cutter enough. Mm-hmm. You've used, you've changed the rules and the course. It's funny to come in here and watch this guy. I, I, yeah. I get a chance because I'm his friend and, and we collaborate. To, to just watch him work something. Because sometimes I come to visit and... This is almost Joe's satellite office, actually. Yeah, actually, it kind of is. <laughs> he had his laptop set up earlier doing work. That's right. He, uh, <laughs> he he always has snacky snacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but the, but the cool thing is to watch him work and like a machine he doesn't immediately go to call the uh, you know call the fix it guy and he's down waiting for someone to come visit he's he's running something happens he gets his fingers up into that machine no no I've seen this Joe That's I just it. need to do this and or go on to something else whack on that you know oh yeah Joe I got they're sending me a new roller for that so <laughs> I'm gonna go do this job. That's but it, it. it. And that's what it takes. That's that yeah. dedication and consistency. Look, we're up against a break again. So uh, when we come back, we're going to tell you about our featured business. And um, we're going to answer a few questions. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Cool. Okay. All right. Hey. <laughs> Start again. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Okay, the last segment of Tactical to Practical. I'm Joe Carlisle, and this is my buddy, Ken Rose. With my Tactical Practical Apparel. Right. And if you like the show that much, we can sell these to you. Yes, you can get um, these directly from Brand Squad. Directly They've got from these Brand Squad, and they are only $139.95. Well, you know, there's... There's, there's two kinds of, of, of clients. There's customers and there's promoters. That's right. <laughs> so if somebody wants to promote your business, that's even better than a customer. That's right. Well, as long as you also as long get as customers long, out yeah. of it. You know. uh, look, you know, we were talking about dedication and consistency, but, but it gets back to what we had mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, we use the example of, of realtors, people who have a hobby but think they're in business. Mm -hmm. And people who are actually in business. And this is a decision you actually have to make. It, You know, it's okay to have a hobby business. Sure. As long as you accept it as a hobby business. And that will actually guide the amount of money that you spend on mm -hmm. it. The amount of time that you spend on it. When you close it. When you open it. When you say you give up. Right? <laughs> because a hobby business. A business can be tough. I mean, it can, it can weigh on you. Because the expenses can, can add up really, really quick. And again, in real estate, I think I see a lot of hobby people go, oh, this is too much. Or they jump from broker to broker because they think the next broker is going to be cheaper. Sure. It's like, well, yeah, but, you know, is that next guy going to be there when you've got a problem? <laughs> you know, so so that's something that you have to decide. And, and, and the example I'd like to make is I'm a big fan of the show Shark Tank. Right. Okay. And it is not uncommon for them to have somebody come on. Everybody knows what Shark Tank is, I hope at least. Uh, it's this this show where three to five or four or five billionaires sit there, they, they're angel investors. It's not angel investors, they're, um, well, they're just capitalists. Uh, there's a word for it, okay? So they basically give you money to get your venture capital. Venture that's capital, venture and, capital. And they partner with you. They partner with you. They got the idea of Shark Tank from our show. Yes, that's right. Well, you know, from our original show. <laughs> from the original show. <laughs> Back in 1984. <laughs> we didn't have video there. So that's correct. <laughs> We have the we have the cassette tapes. <laughs> we have the cassette and also on a, what do they call that? Uh, microfish. Yeah, microfish. <laughs> microfish. Um, at any rate, so a lot of times people come on and, and what they did, they very, very successful. There's something called the Shark Tank effect. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't give you money, the exposure from having been on the show gives you a certain bump in business, right? So, so it's a good way to boost sales, at least short term. But typically they partner with you and give you advice and they give you money to get some stuff. So you go in there and sell them a portion mm -hmm. of your business. But a lot of times they won't pick up a guy because they come in with this. It's a pen, right? It's got one application or it's a pen with a light, right? And they say, well, that's not really a business. 
right? It's a product. Typically, it's done with a lot of children's products where somebody comes mm-hmm. up with this new bassinet or a, or a new play pad. It's it's not. It's just a version of something that already Correct. exists. It might be a better mouse trap, but it's still a mouse. Still trap. a mouse trap. And there's a big industry in that. It's a hard industry to break into. But they say all the time, it's not a business because they're looking for a business that can grow, that can get into other avenues, that they can sell out in five mm-hmm. or seven years for four or five, six times the money they put into it. Um, but a lot of times they say it's just a product. So you're better to basically find somebody to manufacture that product for you mm-hmm. and give you a few cents in a royalty it's not really a business unless you got a lot of them, you know. It's it's that it's that idea, and sometimes they try to buy that loyalty. Right. Sometimes they say, "Okay, I believe in your product." Well, um, well what was the product? Was it a Scrubby Buddy or something? Or, it was, or they've been the smiley face, the yeah, yellow, and yeah. It, you know, became a. They've been there are all sorts of things. I don't know if you ever seen the old guys with the chains that are like magnetic and they hang their glasses right, on. Right. Right. You know, and that was a Shark Tank product. Well, with a product, though, you have to be cautious of the niche because if it's too small a niche for your product or your idea, you, you could Well, be, which is exactly their point, uh, usually. Right. So, so, but that's the example of the difference between a hobby and a business. You know, is your hobby just bringing you enjoyment? Correct. Right? How many people can you serve with your hobby? Um, you know, and, and that actually brings us to the, next, to the next concept is when you're doing your research... You have to figure out who your customers are. It's easy to say, oh, I'm going to do that. I mean, Ken and I, with the show, is a perfect example. We wanted to do it. It was a lot of fun. Actually, in the first few episodes, we talk a couple of hours about the fantasy of, you know, the Howard Stern money or the Joe Rogan money we could get, right? But when it came right down to it, um, we and we explained this last week, we have other businesses. So there's a certain level of our opinion, although we're not afraid of our opinion. Mm-hmm. I can't be real passionate about it on an open forum like this. <laughs> I mean, because I'm trying to support a business to serve the community, so I can't piss off certain people, right. you know, or at least I don't want to take the chance of getting that reputation. And, and so we had to come up with something where we understood who our audience is. And a customer base is nothing but your audience. Correct. Right, they're your tribe. They're your people. They're the ones that are going to be in your corner. Um, and and there's been a lot of work done and a lot of writing done in the last 25, 30 years of of taking customers and making them raving fans, mm-hmm. making them your tribe. They got nineteen words for promoters, them. but it comes down to somebody who believes in you enough to always be on their mind when what you're doing comes up, and that's that's the challenge to a realtor. You know, I had talked about earlier, I don't really like the real estate business side of it. Uh, I don't like searching for houses. Uh, I like marketing them. That's fun. Yeah, marketing the listing, the listing side. That's kind of fun. Um, Open houses, I'm a people person, so I'm down with that, you know, doing events and stuff. But it's not the business. It's the relationships that I build. Mm -hmm. And, And people tend to use me, when people use me repeatedly... It's because they have a relationship they can trust. They know I'm going to tell them the truth about the age of the roof, the you know the dust on the windowsill, you know they and they know that I'm not saying that because I'm being a jerk. They know I'm saying it because I'm concerned about them mm-hmm. and I want them to have the best outcome possible. And when you have a business, 
If you can't decide on who your customers are, you'll never be able to do that. We, we, I wrote down here the difference between business to business a couple of years ago, about 10 years ago, there was a big swing towards this. Everybody was open a B2B business. Right. I got so sick of that phrase. Well, I'm a B2B. What's a B2B? What's a, you get, is that birds and bees? Is it, what is that? That That's another lesson that we'll talk about later is um, using industry jargon to your customer. <laughs> well, I, I, I understand, Joe, the business to business because with, with the printing business, um, I always like to think that it's a business to business because the business to consumer side doesn't generate as much revenue as the business to business side. If I'm selling a, a wedding invitations to you, that's probably a one-time sale. Um, but if I'm selling your bank, because you own the bank, if I'm selling your bank printing, it's going to be a long-term relationship. It's going to be a business to business where the, the sales are greater, the consistency of those sales are greater. No, yeah. I, but, but I, and, I agree and, because and we you, both get that. But you've seen that. Yes, you've identified, yeah. okay, right. my customers are actually, I'm not going to restrict the open customer, the mm -hmm. general customer. Correct. But, but because I know, but the, my focus is going to be on business people because business people need cards and marketing and event stuff mm -hmm. and you know things like that. I mean, if you were gonna be in the, and this is actually a perfect example. If you're going to be in the wedding printing business, mm -hmm. you're gonna have completely different machines, you're gonna have completely different vendors, you're gonna have completely different customer base. To some degree, even still business to business, but you're gonna be dealing far more with the crazy bride, the, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's a niche within your industry. I've got a quick story on that though, um, if, if I can segue. Um, there was a Minuteman Press store in Pittsburgh many, many years ago. This goes back probably 30, 40 years ago. Well, not that long, because I'm not that old. Um, and, this, well. and, this, and, 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 and banking. So this little old lady, retired lady, she'd always come in for these little copies. You know, she needed two copies, three copies. And back then copies were like seven cents, eight cents, or whatever. And the, the customer service person was so kind to this little old lady that she told her son about how well she was treated. And her son was president of this huge banking institution in Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden he got all this business <laughs> from those little yeah. six or seven cent copies. So you never know who right. your customer is exactly. gonna be you sometimes. Perfect. Yeah. But if you're going into business, if you have an idea, you need to decide where your customer, what it looks like. Right. Okay, like for instance, if your product is for kids, you're not really selling to the kids. If you look at all of these ads that people want, they're really selling to parents. Yes. Right? Because they always show this, a product sold to a child is generally a picture of a happy child playing. It's not the kid throwing a temper tantrum, throwing the thing against the wall, you know. It's never <laughs> dad at two in the morning on Christmas Eve, you know, trying to put this thing together because tab A doesn't fit slot B, you know. It's it's they're selling to, who are you selling to? You know, a lot of times, um, you can notice this in television advertising, uh, retirement centers, mm -hmm. okay, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, the nursing things, they're not selling to the people who need the product. Right. They're selling to the person who's buying the product. Yes. And they understand their tar their targets are always, uh, uh, I mean, you know, big advertising firms that get millions of dollars figure this stuff out. But it's good to have the example 
because what you see in those uh, assisted care and, and visiting nurse things is it's always people my age they're they're targeting. Correct. You know, it's it's does your dad need help mm -hmm. or your mom needs dignity. It's not you need dignity. It's your mom needs dignity. You know, um, they spent their life taking care of you. Now sure. it's time to take care of them. You know, it's it's and, and that's something that you have to decide as a business person, you know, with help. Maybe maybe you have a business that serves somebody, but it's you're not going to sell it to them. You're going right. to sell it to somebody else. So you have to know who your who your target markets are. And we're going to talk about that in, in upcoming shows about how to find your target market. Yeah, we'll have a whole prospecting marketing. <laughs> You know, there's a there's uh, gonna be show. a lot to learn. That's right. That's right. And we got a lot. Of, we can get two or three shows out of that because we have a lot of experience. <laughs> got some great stories that. on that too. Anyways, that's our time today. Uh, if you have any questions at all, reach out to me. Uh, you know the the question, the business question that we have for today is, okay, I've done all this research. I'm ready to go. What does my business look like? Mm -hmm. What does it? What shape does it need to take? So we're gonna talk next week about what shape your business is in or what shape it needs to be in. So, uh, and just, we're going to, we're going to keep it light and do us, but this can be like some legal structure stuff. And, uh, and we, we are not attorneys. No, we are not attorneys. We are not accountants. How, me. However, we've been in a lot of attorney offices. <laughs> uh, those are other stories we <laughs> promise not to tell. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. We're all done for the day, and we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. If there's anything we can do to help you, anything in the world, please reach out to us at info at tacticaltopractical.net. And we'll see you next time on Tactical to Practical, the real-world business show. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>